Yeah, so, you know, it's Texas, right? So Texas, as uh, I don't know if I mentioned just yet, but we are the 10th largest economy in the world. I consider Austin as this garden of, of entrepreneurism. And the reason that you have a garden is because you have cultivators that give, 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 and want to give back through these coffee meetings and knowledge sharing. You're listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, your host, Kevin Turley. Sebastian and I are sitting, looking out upon an Austin skyline at the top of what's known as the Capital Factory. And we have a very special guest here today on the podcast, a London legend and fast becoming an Austin legend in the process, Mr. Andy Jones. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Believe it or not, we have found another English entrepreneur living and thriving in Austin, Texas. Andy Jones is involved in business development for Shep Travel, helping businesses save on travel costs throughout the world. So, you've just arrived in Texas, and you're going to need a friendly face and a familiar accent. Enter Andy Jones. Not only is he well-connected, but Andy is keen to connect you to the Austin networks you need to succeed. Andy, uh, this show is all about moving European entrepreneurs uh, to the United States for people that want to move their businesses, want to set up a new life in the United States. Now, this is something you've done. You've been here how many years? 15, just over 15 years now. I moved here in December 2003. And you've been in Austin the whole time? The whole time. Which is a great uh, vindication of all we, we know and we see about Austin and being a great place to, to live and do business. Yes, no, no, most definitely. And it was, uh, I'm not going to say by accident, but it was a, a choice, well, it was an opportunity I took, I took probably the best advantage of. I mean, but back in 2003, I was, uh, had been based over in Northern Italy um, in the, the world of sport, tourism, entertainment, and having a fantastic time, the perfect job in my book for, a, you know, from, from my mid-20s to early 30s, fantastic. However, I was coming to a little bit of a, 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 a little bit of a, should we say, crossroads, you know, in my life of, do we, can I do this for the rest of my life? Having the, you know, the fun and everything that was going with this very sort of, <laughs> sort of fun party lifestyle in a way, um, or do I need to have a look at something else? And um, my, I grew up with my grandfather through connections after World War II in the Royal Air Force, of being very friendly with American pilots post-war coming over, he, he and my grandmother all the time over to the US. Growing up with a grandfather saying, you know, you need to get over to America, go to America at some point. It's a great, it's you. And, you know, I had never made, you know, been over on a quick trip, but had never made the actual jump. So at that sort of life, you know, thinking about what am I going to be doing or what, what's the next step, it was, let's take a sabbatical. Let's have six months, go over, jump in feet first and, 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 and see what's, what's really on offer there. Um, having been in Northern Italy for, uh, for, for the best part of 10 years, you realise that, you know, you, the best place to get a true, true gauge on a place is to actually submerge yourself in there. Don't, don't go. That sounds really good, Andy. Um, and, but how and why particularly did you end up in Austin of all places? Because, I mean, nowadays, um, and our listeners will know that, I mean, Austin is known as a, uh, as a tech hub and, you know, hip city, big festivals, big music festivals, 
suffered those bears, but back then it was a little sort of, I mean, I don't want to say cow town, you know, but pretty much that's where it was, right? So, um, so, so why did you end up here? Yeah, great question. So back in college days, my best friend who I grew up with, he ended up getting a year's, a year's scholarship to Texas A&M. So not UT here in Austin, Texas A&M, you know, an hour and a half uh, northeast of here, where he met his wife. So I ended up through a period, you know, half a dozen, 10, 10 years of, you know, I knew them, her, her friends would come over to Europe. So I, I was building up this, a number of Austin contacts. When I decided to take six months it, as a sabbatical, it was really that idea of let's have a road trip, let's look around, check the place out, look at everything. I could have easily have just gone to New York, LA, been there before, perhaps the easy option, and perhaps we'll discuss later, perhaps I think the, 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 the thing that most companies think they should do, which I think is, you know, from my experience, the wrong thing to do. I looked at basically the map, pre, you know, pre all the technology we have nowadays, Austin, slap bang in the middle, why not stay there? Easy to get to everywhere, and there were enough sofas to crash on through. <laughs> but, you know, the classic, you know. So packed a couple of bags, came to Austin, within two weeks had fallen in love with the place. I mean, the people, the culture, yes, it was nothing compared to what it was like now. Uh, but within two weeks, I'd been offered a job, funnily enough, on one of the local TV stations to do a, you know, a, you know, a little bit of, you know, an Andy on Austin sort of thing. Never came, <laughs> unfortunately, through, but I'd been, you know, office, and it was, wow, okay, here, here we go. Um, you know, with that was the ability to get a visa which I didn't have before, you know, because of, you know, technically they could put me down as, an, you, know, uh, you know, back in the day, it never happened, but I was told, yeah, they could get you on an international reporter visa, being European, uh, but, you know, didn't actually need that, you know, went, went the, the proper channels after that. But yeah, got to Austin, that, that was it. And very quickly, I got asked by locals that I had met, you know, just it was starting to become this organic tech hub. You know, technology companies were springing up and all of a sudden it was, I was asked, you know, these people had great ideas, they were building this, you know, these, these services, more services back in the day, and they wanted somebody to be able to sell it. And they said, hey, why don't we stick an English guy up there to sell it? If you, you know, perfect, no problem, I never minded talking. So that, that was my, suddenly landed on my feet. So that was Austin. <laughs> so in some ways, Andy, you, you, I mean, in some ways you encapsulate the, the, the kind of American dream for so many immigrants to the United States, you know, that you, you came here on a, on a kind of fact-finding mission mm -hmm. and suddenly doors were opening and avenues and horizons that perhaps in Europe would take a lot harder mm -hmm. work to get to and suddenly you found that. Was there a moment, though, where you started to feel that you that you had to make a decision about staying in Austin? Do you know what I mean? Because like coming over, you were describing the lifestyle in Italy. It was fun. You were young at the time. But um, a lot of people, when they're emigrating to another country, there comes a point when it's kind of make or break. You either burn your bridges and you really kind of try to yeah. make a go of it. Do, do you remember the sort of time scale or the moment when you decided in your own mind, no, Austin's for me, this is home now? Yes, that's a great question. I think, you know, and a very important very important issue that a lot of people have. Um, I would say six months. Uh, I mean, in, in, a funny way, in a funny way, I put it a bit like the old dating game. 
you know, you have that that typical honeymoon period. You know, you you get to you know, you, you you meet a person, you have that great two weeks of hundred percent. Wow, this is amazing. Then you still go through the honeymoon period where, you know, all of a sudden the next few months, you know, perhaps up to six months, it's like amazing again, you know, you have, but then all of a sudden all the warts and all come out after, you know, around that sort of six month period. I think that was the time when it was, I'd gotten into Austin and seen this city and perhaps as well the American culture where the thing that really struck me was especially when you've come and you're looking to make a new start. America at the time, again, you know, this is 15 years ago, not that it's changed now, was if you've got an idea, it, it was very much go for it and you got help doing it. I was still feeling in Europe there was a, yeah, that's a good idea, but yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait and see if that's a good, you know, there, there was, here it was more the gung-ho, you know, let's give it a go. And, you know, again, you know, in that city like Austin, when you saw this sort of, you know, sort of bubbling away of the technology, it just became a, yeah, okay, we're going to give this a go now. It's like, because otherwise it was, you know, I had the, I had the safety net of, well, I can just go back to London, you know, and there's no better safer place, <laughs> no safer place than that knowing it coming from there. Day breaks in the east and a mighty army rises. Not an army marching to the deep and desolating roar of shells, but a mighty army of builders who go forth accompanied by the whistles from America's greatest factories. While their giant smokestacks right across the skies promise of a new prosperity. In a land where that prosperity brings a fuller life to every man who labors and who serves. And as each builder marches forth to shape his destiny, tens of thousands more go with him side by side. And so each one is multiplied. And thus America has grown from the combined services of those who plan, create, and build, each day serving better, earning more, and building greater values than can be found in any other nation of the world. We've talked to a number of people that have emigrated to the United States and, uh, you know, the great adventure of moving to the United States is, is part of the attraction. And, and, you know, the song, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. There's the part of that challenge, and especially for entrepreneurs like yourself. But what we also find was that the, the option of returning home with your tail between your legs was an incentive to push harder yeah. when you're out here. Was that, was that yeah. your kind of experience? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, because you very soon become a... Uh, I ended up with a lot of friends coming over once here for South by Southwest, where you know the, you know, the conference were out at the moment, where uh, especially around the music world, a lot of my friends you know, in the music world at the time. So they always came here loving the place. So it was, and so each year it was always good that they were planning things already through me before actually sort of coming out here, not just to program what they're doing, you know, different events, if they need to put on any sort of VIP, you know, party, whatever. So yes, it was a, I can't fail, I don't want to fail here. The other thing which became sort of quite important is I got married to a Texan. So nice. by that, as we move forward through that, I'm now married and then you are in a situation, okay, well my, 
that we're looking to set up a family here. And as much as, you know, you know, you know that was important. I did also think because things were going in the right way and I was enjoying it, the work was good, etc. I've lived there, I've lived with the thought of how easy, because of the ease between the two places and, you know, UK, you know, the US, is I looked at it being, well, I could always do, you know, six months here, six months back home, you know, or 10 months here, two months back home, vice versa. I, I didn't see a fail. I saw, I saw you may just have to adapt, you know, as, as the only difficulty. So, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, for me, it wasn't eggs all in one basket. It was, you know, I still had, I still had options around and, you know, other sources of income. Tell us something about your entrepreneurial uh, journey, Andy. You said when you came here initially, you became a salesman. Mm. How did that then develop uh, mm. into becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, it was interesting. You know, it's, so when I got here, we, really it was the start of the, I think in, in my sort of thing, the wild, wild west of, you know, social media. Facebook, Facebook had just started to, you know, you know, and it was really just, you know, in, in its very early days, you know, it was around the Ivy League schools, you know, and actually, you know, it wasn't to the likes of us, even though <laughs> we were sort of like the next step. However, the initial guys that I worked with were, were both Yale grads, so I had been in there, and their idea was, hey, well, we'll, we'll create the Facebook for high schoolers, you know. It was the, really the wild, wild west, and it was like sit down, try and get it to work. The early products were, you know, it wasn't so much getting Angel in there, it was very bootstrapped. It was get something out there, get, get people buying into it because of that thought of it's the next thing, it's the next thing. There was this, you know, massive land grab. So I was involved in that startup. I was there for, you know, I was in there for the best part of six years. And we went from, we went through all steps with that. Um, and we, Uh, you know, it grew, went in multiple different directions. The company grew as well. Then all of a sudden it plateaued, came back down again, where you were able to sort of really sort of cull a few of the departments you didn't need. But it was still struggling for this identification, where do you actually go for? And they ended up going to support on the social side, the social media side, the non-profit world. So creating online communities for them around Uh, their sort of supporters, advocates, helping with fundraising efforts. I started to, to, you know, that was, I started to see, okay, that's me needing to transition out. So I, do, you know, but that actually, just as I was thinking that, they had a nice little exit, a little exit, so perfect, you know, game one. I then, I then teamed up with another um, uh, contact of mine through, through, um, through, through that company and we started something else. I came on to, to help him. Uh, But I was then pulled into all sorts of other little, you know, say startups using other skills of mine, which are all around events, etc. And one of the other companies we started up is one I'm still very much in, involved in was a, you know, a company called uh, Marvelous, which really was, a, you know, a, a good friend of mine in town and, and, and another English girl, funnily enough. And, you know, the, the, the sort of the flagship of this little company is the, the Marvelous Vintage Tea Party which was, you know, this putting on these sort of, nothing to do with the tech world, but just this looking at this love that the Americans have of the English and the culture and the history, et cetera. And, you know, the amount of people, you, you know, you're always being asked where you come from and then you start saying London, everyone's over the moon. But her idea of just putting these, you know, 
bespoke, tailored, whatever theme they want around a tea party. And it was suddenly capturing a lot of these people that you're actually working with <laughs> in this entrepreneurial world, but their, their wives wanting to, you know, have, have lunches or, or teas, but then, you know, into, to, you know, to, to bachelorette or hen weekends, etc. But that's sort of grown organically through to now on that side of the business. We, we you know, we've done a number of like, uh, you know, weddings and for, for a number of sort of pop stars, you know, we're into, you know, getting to Vegas. There's all sorts of things that are happening on that, that love of like the British, you know, the more. I, I think this is, that, that uh, is a brilliant example, if I may say, Andy, of using your, your difference as an immigrant to a country and selling that you know, wholesale to, to an Americans who are, are obviously very interested in it. Would you not say, Sebastian, it's a wonderful example of entrepreneurialism using what tools are at your disposal? Absolutely, yeah. And I think there's an advantage in the United States coming from Europe, you know, because I think, uh, I mean, my experience is here being German, people in a way um, take you sort of seriously, they think you're trustworthy, you know, in a way, um, maybe even a little bit more intelligent. Yes, educated, I've had that, but, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so I think there is a great um, there, there's a there's a great um, benefit here to use uh, you know one's own difference in in setting up a business especially I mean sometimes people say it's difficult when you're a foreigner I never found it difficult you know I found it always a benefit I mean at the minimum people were interested in talking to you you know and often um, something wonderful could develop out of it I, t I totally agree I mean I, I I've, I've had that as well when people just back to the point at the start of when they asked me to be the sales guy, stand up and sell it, was that people trust a European accent. They think you're more intelligent. It comes, you know, I was really, you know, but why not? And, uh, you know, and it works. And uh, yes, and I, and I think that that's something, you know, as we look forward to, and, you know, I, I think as well, you know, it, it's something that I've looked at, use your strengths. I mean, there's always a saying to surround your people, excuse me, surround yourself with people who are more intelligent or better than you at something. But you've still got to have something you rely on as your strength. And yeah, I've always thought that being, you know, quintessentially English, you know, that, that whole, use that sort of whole, you know, the, the, the history of Great Britain, use it, you know, to, to your advantage. And it's, it's definitely worked. And it's, I mean, this is something I think very common in America. I mean, in all aspects of life, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about dating before. I mean, even the dating scene, you know, when you have a foreign accent here, uh, at least a European accent, you know, yeah. I mean, it gets you a lot of positive um, attention, you know. I but mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, is seen as something in, in the States, I think, being from Europe as something very positive, you know, and uh, people that, you know, are keen to engage with you. I've said that, I've said that before. It's, it, it, it's, it's funny you say that, you know, it's... When I first got here, you know, earmuffs, my dear, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, no, when I first got here, I, and I say this to people as they arrive now, if you have an accent and you use it sensibly, don't be, don't be, you know, a, you know, a dick about it. You know, you, you use it sensibly. You get three chances versus one that you're used to back home. You know, wherever you are socially, whichever your comfort zone is to meet people, if you to say something with a, in an accent you're always going to get someone reply to you. You know, whereas I think, you know, if, if it's in your home country, it's it's easy enough to say, yeah, no, thank you, bye. You know, whereas it's normally back, that politeness of the Americans, oh, where are you from? Second attempt in. Yeah. Oh, really? What are you over here for? Or, or something else. 
then it might not work. It's not every time, of course, but you you do. You get this. This is the charm of a of an accent, you know, for sure. Hi, you're listening to Move Your Business to the United States. Just a quick word from our sponsors, Mount Bonnell Advisors. The people there have been advising clients on moving stateside for years. For all your needs, both business and practical, head over to mountbonnell.com to find out more. Thanks for listening. A lot of people listening to this will be um, in the process of either deciding to move their business to the United States or deciding to move their family to the United States. Um, without wishing to to dampen that enthusiasm, what sort of notes of caution would you give? I mean, what what are the things that, I mean, there are obvious advantages. You and Sebastian have both lived and worked in the United States. You know that. But what are the things that, that are possibly different in the, in the business environment in the United States that, that Europeans are going to have to grapple with in a way that they wouldn't have home? Or just even the, the, the way that people live here? Uh, I mean... Uh, I, the, I mean, I've been on the I-35 a lot, and I mean, the whole car culture here is so different from cities in Europe. Uh, what, what advice, what note of caution, and not, not to dampen enthusiasm, but just to say you, you need to be aware of this, would you, would you advise European entrepreneurs? Definitely, and uh, yes, so, so, so a couple of perhaps, uh, exactly those negatives first, and then I'd love to you know, go into the, the positives, obviously. Uh, so the negative sides, sim- I say simple things, I see them now as simple. Really have a think around understanding things like how the health system works here. Uh, one of the things with Texas is, you know, as, as a state and there's a couple of others, that you, know, you, whilst coming here, you need to have health insurance. It's not, you know, you haven't got the national health system or, or anything. Often that can come with a job. However, if you come over as an entrepreneur or it's your company, you don't have it. You've got to get it yourself. It is very, very expensive. Um, there are ways, you know, and programs to 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 help. I mean, there's a um, there's a very good website just for no kind health. Um, it's actually a startup from here in the Capital Factory of a way of making it easy to to find a package that suits you. Um, but the reason why I say this is, you know, you need it because if you end up needing any medical care. You know, literally, it can cost you your house if, if it you know, the, you know, if, if it's serious enough. And obviously, touch wood, you know, no, nothing's happened like that. But just simple things like just even with health insurance, going to a doctor, you then have a copay. It's like an insurance deductible. So it might cost you then see a doctor fifty dollars, even though the insurance is covering. Then you've got to pay for that medication. It it's an expense that. I think could catch a lot of people off guard, especially if one is moving over with a family, because you're not just getting a, a, a you know, just if you're covered, you've got to get your wife and, and your children, if you, you know, or your, or your husband, who, you know, they have to, to, to get insurance as well. That's a big one. Um, the other thing I just feel is just, the American culture works slightly differently, and I think it's, it's not just the Americans, I think it's going to, to anywhere, <clears throat> if I was going over to Germany or, or et cetera as well, is really take time to look at how, you know, remember you are a guest, even though it can become your home, 
And the funny thing is, is you come, you can come to America, they speak the same language, you, you all grew up, as I at my age, you'll give away, you know, on the A-team and the Dukes of Hazard. You, you know, you all, you all understand things of like, great, Daisy Duke, whoa, <laughs> you know. However, the, the, it is nice to understand, okay, how do you say please, thank you? You know, are, you know what, are the, what are the ways of cultures? I mean, here as well, you know, it's, um, no, it's, it, it is a very religious part of the US, you know, the, you know, the Southern Bible Belt and something, you know. You see activities on Sunday mornings, you know, which, you know, police are actually guiding people. You don't see this at home. You've got to remember you've got to respect these different ways things are done. And I think that's one of the most important because if you do do that, you, you, you reap the rewards. You know, is, is my thing. So just be just be wary of those subtle things. And of course, I'll say as a family person, we, you know, I have three three boys here, um, three boys here. Um, look at the schools. The schools are different. Um, you know, not drastically, but just make sure it's important if you are moving over as one, you do do research because of. Uh, you know, where will your ha what schools will will you depending on where you're going to live what school catchment area does that come in? And just on that, Andy, is there, I mean, a bit like in, in the UK, is there wide variation in terms of school provision depending on where you're living? Is yes, that definitely. And, and again, this also comes into it. I mean, one of the things, I mean, obviously, you know, we do see everywhere. I mean, you know, and Austin is no, well, I mean, it's one of the fastest growing, if not the, you know, in, in America. It's grow, grow, grow. You know, you don't gain, it's not just suburban, suburban spread, it's, regenerating, you know, areas as well, you know, very much as we've seen, you know, over in London, you know, so these, so sometimes what becomes hipster or the next trendy, you know, millionaire's row doesn't, the schools are still what the, you know, the same school as 50 years ago, still providing the same areas. So you sometimes can, oh, well, we just assumed it would be. It's like, no, you've got to, you know, let's start thinking of things like that. So health and education, yeah. that's really good, really practical stuff that people need to mm. think about. Um, but there's the plus side as well. Mm. I mean, uh, accommodation over here, I know Austin is a bit, I mean, what is accommodation like in Austin? We're hearing different things. We're hearing that it's, horrendous downtown trying to find somewhere to live or in this area, but that if you go a bit further out, um, you can find land and property. What's your take on that, Andy? Yeah, so I, I, um, I, I've been very lucky. I mean, I, I got, when I got over here, you know, as I say, at the end of 03, I bought a, a home in 04. And I'm actually, you know, we're downtown here in the downtown area, you know, um, I'm only on, you know, I bought a property on the 29th Street. So, you know, very close. To it, to everything downtown. I got it at a steal before the real big boom in Austin. It's much like in East London. If you'd bought the yep. similar time twelve years ago, what it's worth now. Um, Austin has also, in the last half a dozen of years, there has been a massive, you know, you, you know this is of growth with apartment blocks and condos, etc. Building. As we look out this one beautiful view here, you know, these are all. Most of these are now nearly sort of a third of them are actually apartments. You know, there wasn't downtown living, there are. So that's been great for the younger people coming in. The east side behind you, gentlemen, exactly the same. Condos all springing up everywhere. It's good. I believe affordable rent as well uh, for the young. I mean, it's not cheap, but, uh, you know, Austin's, you know, it's a, it's a tech city. You know, the, the, you know it's, it's, it is, you know, the wages are good. Um, but then, yes, you do then have the nice option of going out, if you like it, into the, and everyone's heard of the, the American suburbs. Well, 
you, you, you've got that here. Yeah, and again, you can have cheaper ones to more expensive ones. Um, the spread here is big. I mean, I laugh with people that, you know, the spread now from Austin north to south is, is literally like taking it from London to Ipswich. Really? You know, it's, it's wow. that spread. And even now going south, we're now looking at that build between Austin and San Antonio, which is 70 miles. Ten years ago, there was Austin, then there was St. Marcus, there was a gap, St. Marcus, St. Marcus, Gap, San Antonio. It's pretty much now fully connected, you know, which, you know, along that main road and just going out. Sebastian, would you even take on that? You live south of Austin. Do you start to see Austin kind of growing, the metropolitan Austin growing out into the south? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what Andy just said about, you know, that uh, potentially at some point um, San Antonio and Austin will be the new Fort Dallas Fort Worth, you know, um, that that could happen. I mean, I was in, um, I mean, I had a ranch here, so I, I see this, I saw this a bit, you know, with, with uh, I was a bit worried because, I mean, land becomes like really expensive and, you know, the, the galloping urbanization um, can also be uh, can also be a problem, you know. But of course, it's it's a testament you know, to the big success of Austin and, and this this whole area um, that there are massive um, developments um, all over the place. Yeah. And we talked to, to somebody yesterday, if you remember, they are renting a house, um, two bedroom house, just like six minute cycle ride from the center and they pay you know, two thousand euro dollars a month you know mm -hmm. which is i mean compare this to san francisco mm -hmm. bay area you know it's incredible i mean right. it's a steal yeah. so i have property here as well i rent to, to students up the road so that, that first house i bought um i rent now for you know, 3300 a month three bedroom three bathroom place you know, great for students you know in, in that area but you know compared to what i bought it for you know fantastic you know fantastic uh, rent, exactly, it's in that, you know, roughly I think of it often as, you know, a thousand bucks a bedroom, you know, and uh, so it is affordable, but uh, it's also going up and up and up. I mean, that's what we're seeing with Austin is, you know, with the success, and of course that's a good thing, traffic gets heavier and rates get higher. <laughs> and in America today, though great highways stretch across the country, the motorist is never away from traffic control. Sooner or later, he comes to a city with its crowded streets, where traffic police are the finest in the world, and traffic moves under positive, safe control. Streets in the United States are crowded with fast-moving automobiles, and in practically every city and town today, the motorist finds traffic lights to aid him on his way. Just for our listeners, we're, yeah. we're, we're looking out upon this amazing view from, from your office here mm -hmm. across, uh, I think that's south, yeah. south yeah. of Austin. Yeah. And it's a beautiful sunny day. Um, it, it really looks like a sort of quintessential American scene downtown. Um, do you miss the rain and the damp and the underground in London? You know what, I do. You know, <laughs> it, it's funny. Yes, of course, this is beautiful, it's lovely. I mean, I've often described Austin and as, you know, if somebody said, what's it like? I, I use the, the thought of, imagine it's like Brighton back home, yeah. obviously without the sea. It's a, it's, it's a city, but it's a small city, very artistic, music, but, you know, there's entrepreneurs you know, there as well. Not that many people have a bad word to say about it, and it's just seen as, being, yeah, okay, good place, you know. So that's how I, 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 I look at Austin. However, there's always grass is greener. You know, it, it, so I can sit there on a Sunday when, you know, 
the wife's fed up with me or the kids are, kids are noisy thinking, God, I'd love to be in a pub back home now with a Sunday paper or just remembering those old days or, or with my, my wife and I are sitting there finally decide we're going to have a date night on a Friday and it's, you know, it's like, where should we go? And it's like, yeah, if only we were in London tonight, I could think of half a dozen places we'd, we'd, we'd love to go. So I do, you know, because I, like, I get over two, two, two couple of times a year um, but uh, no, I, I definitely. But but it's definitely grass is greener. There's so much here that is, you know, people give their right arm to to have. I mean, the weather's one of them. I mean, as I say, they can take take the boy out of London. But uh, you know, with the weather, I can ride a motorbike every. You know, I ride my motorbike around. I don't need. You know, it's perfect. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about the rain or snow or anything. And just just to finish with Andy, what would you say to a European entrepreneur or international entrepreneur listening to this podcast? contemplating expanding into, moving their business and family in the United States, what would be the sort of like word you would say to them in your experience? Great, well, well, well first off, I'd say, you know, offer whatever the best way to contact is, if it's directly through the program to you, I'd be more than happy to, to field anybody's questions. Well, well say it, say know, it, say it. How, uh, how can well, people contact well, you? Well, just very simply, I mean, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give my person, you know, just to give a, an email, just Andy N.P. Jones, at gmail.com. That's the easiest one. Just just ping me on that one. Um, so I think what I found very interesting, one of the things I've been very heavily involved with over the past six years is, um, it's actually about eight years now, is the government, uh, you know, through the, the consul in Houston, et cetera, saw a real natural connection between what was happening in Austin and what was happening in East London. And so I've been involved, uh, long story very quickly, with the whole relationship in that tech world, but it's now spread out to music and everything between Austin and East London, but it's grown to London. It's really Great Britain and Texas now. One of the things, so this is my sort of advice to, to anybody who's thinking of, of coming over to the US, or should we even say, you know, you're, you're sitting in an agency, you've, you know, we all, we've all known, as soon as you, whatever company you are, as soon as you have a website, you're a global company, technically. You know, even if you say, I just deal with the UK selling, you know, plant pots, you know, you're a global company because someone can see you in Australia and think, I want that plant pot. You're global. A lot of people, when they think of needing to set a foot into America, just think they need New York or LA because of just the size, just the connection. You know, think of it as well. I mean, that's just like saying, you know, as much as I love it, that, you know, if someone's moving to, to the UK, you've got to be London or Manchester. Well, why wouldn't... Why wouldn't Newcastle be the place? Why wouldn't, you know, you know, uh, somewhere smaller, you know, better? So one of the big things that we've been really working on with Austin, we see, you know, Austin is a, you know, a, you know, a great place, wonderful hub technology, et cetera. I've, we here at Capital Factory, where I work out of, Capital Factory is, in essence, like a WeWork, but it's very technology-based, but it doesn't have to be technology. Whereas a great place for you know you to 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 come and check out a place like Austin, we can sort you out. You know, come on in. We can get you a desk to work at while you know while you're visiting. So to check it out, we have a relationship here with Austin, and uh, the whole uh, you know the ex the old media centre from the Olympic Village over at Stratford uh, here East and Plexel, the working incubator there. We're partners, so anyone that's a member that you know we, we have this constant back and forth, come and check it out. You know, Austin is a welcoming place. It's cheap to be here. 
do your groundwork on, on the floor here. We can help you work out, give you introductions. Uh, there's, there's, there's groups within the capital factory who specialize on what do you need to set up here. They'll go introduce you to, you know, how do you get the, the, the visas, anything to if you need office space or, or, or work here, help, help look, looking at properties, etc. Um, so I do think that, you know, the, the work that's been, and I say work, you know, what's been done by people in the past, you can use to your advantage effectively. Just spend some time, book a period of time, come and, come and check it out. There's people here that can help you in every aspect of setting up and bringing your business over if it's right. That sounds great, Andy. Thanks very much. Next time on Move Your Business to the United States. The American spirit is always willing to give the pioneer a chance. And institutionally, even though there may be special relationships and regulatory capture and everything else, they've got that sense of sheer curiosity. They like the scrapper. They like David going up against Goliath because America's all about David going up against Goliath. America was David. You've been listening to Move Your Business to the United States with me, Kevin Turney. A huge thanks to my producer, Emmett Glynn, who produced this podcast for Mount Bonnell Media. To find out more, go to mountbonnell.com. And remember, dream big, dream America.